0: I the cake, yeah. Why you so fake, yeah? Leaving no traces. Pull up in the spaces. Swear I be soaring. Switching lanes in the foreign. I don't need no friends. I just need more bands. I get the cake, yeah. Why you so fake, yeah? Leaving no traces. Pull up in the spaces. Swear I be soaring. Switching lanes in the foreign. Hello, and welcome back to another wildly entertaining episode of the No Names of Numbers podcast. Really special guest in the studio today, um, the man, the myth, the legend, <laughs> Colin Cronin, our fearless leader of WMUA sports. Yep. Colin, let's give a little brief little intro for the people listening, thousands, maybe millions. Oh, yeah. Give the a ma- little brief intro about yourself. You're the a fantastic
1: masses, kid. Uh, yeah, well, thank you very much for that um, not-so-humble introduction there, <laughs> uh, fan of my ego even more than it already is. Um, but yeah, thank you very much for having me on. Uh, say the name of the podcast one more time.
0: No names, no numbers. Hashtag NNNN. Quadruple N. <laughs> Quadruple N. N. I <laughs> like that. That's a trademark. Hey, do
1: me a favor. Turn down my uh, mic volume just like a little bit. because I'm pretty loud in here. Yep, perfect.
0: Uh, uh, don't ever tell me a technical thing to do on my podcast ever <laughs> again. I'm very hurt by that. I'm sorry.
1: Um, why am I still hearing popping right now? No, we're good. All right, sorry. I will cut that. Um, all right, Pat. We'll cut it.
0: Don't worry. The producer will cut it. It's fine. Yeah. It's fine.
1: All right, Pat. Um, yeah, it's been a great time at UMass Amherst for me here. Uh, WMUA is my home. Uh, I came to UMass, didn't really know what I wanted to do here. Uh, you know, a lot of people come here. You know, it's so many options, but there's too many options, and it becomes mm. if you're not, you know, in one thing or the other, then what are you really part of? Uh, I struggled that with that a little bit freshman and sophomore year, even at WMUA. Uh, all the props in the world to our past fearless leaders Mike Nittle and Alex Lovett you guys haven't got a chance to meet them yet right I uh, haven't no they unfortunately. they will be they will be making a appearance at some point it might be a little surprise we'll see um but all the credit in the world to those guys for continuing on this tradition and allowing us to continue on this year and you know fine tune it up make some changes uh i think we've made uh incredible strides this year uh moving towards that multimedia social media kind of field and putting out more content and really just doing everything we used to do but just like packaging it so that the world can really view it and it's not all just on the on the airwave and then off um so yeah freshman sophomore year quick background on me i did not do enough here i you know I, I unfortunately, i look at it, at it as almost two wasted years obviously not not completely wasted but um there was so much to be done and i really just didn't step up and make this worth my time you know what i mean because if you look at it What's the point of putting 25% of effort into something if you're not going to get anything out of it? Mm. Whereas if you put 100% of effort into it, you have a serious chance of getting significant, you know, return on that investment. Um, so that you know, that kind of clicked. Obviously, getting the position of sports director was huge, boosted my confidence. Uh, you know, let me be in a position where now I'm in control of some decision making. Um. And really all strides this year has come from the collective work of everyone here uh, I can have as many good ideas as I want I can you know tell people to do this that or the other thing uh, but it's the guys stepping up and coming in here every day Ooh, coming in <laughs> here every day and working you know working their butts off and you know putting yourself out there a lot of stuff we're doing is you know it can be a little nerve-wracking talking to coaches players doing live broadcasts um, you know it's stuff that you know it builds character in you and for me it built a lot of confidence in myself uh, so overall it was just you know this has been nothing but good vibes out of me, you know what I mean? Not to underscore the, you know, understate, rather, the lows. There's been plenty of lows. I've had days this year where I was like, you know, this might just not be worth it, man, you know what I mean, when things weren't going so well. uh, Because there's an endless list of things that could go wrong, believe me, and and almost everything that could have gone wrong has gone wrong this year. And yet, we're still here, we're still alive, and we've made significant progress. Uh, Shout out UMass Athletics for just being so open to us. I mean, it goes, you know, this goes often unsaid, but – no one's really doing what we're doing here. I mean, like mm-hmm. as far as the athletics broadcasting stuff like that, um, you know, they're a huge part of allowing us to do everything we do. Uh, being so helpful, transparent, and you know, they they've set everything up for us. I mean, in the A10. Uh, I think they said there was one other radio broadcast for students in in the A10, um, and believe me, they're not doing as much as we're doing. So I mean, it's rare what we're doing. It's it's a privilege. It's an honor. Uh, we've had so many great alumni through here over the years, uh, and I I feel blessed. You know what I mean. And at this point, I can really take things in and say, wow, this is you know what we're doing here is worth it. It's not you know we're not we're having fun, but it's not just about you know having our own little college thing. This is this is meaningful, and uh, you know you can really build some. Career path skills, you know what I mean? Build a career for yourself. Um, and I mean, I look forward to it. I like seeing some young bloods in here doing stuff. I appreciate you having me on, and I love the idea. Thank you so much.
0: Yeah, it's funny too how you mentioned freshman, sophomore year, maybe you didn't do as much. Um, if there's a kid out there thinking about maybe getting involved with radio, especially with us with the sports department, what would be your number one piece of advice to a kid like that? Uh, You know, just do it.
1: You know, I had a lot of fear. I mean, I remember when I was first thinking about doing this stuff, I was like, ah, I just don't want to, you know, once you put yourself in that field, you're in the field. And then you got to, you know, your boys from home are going to be like, Oh, dude, you're doing radio? Like, what the, like, what the heck are you doing? Can't out there? relate. You know what I mean? It's, it makes it feel, yeah. There you go. Or you have boys that are out here doing it with you. Um, that's always a plus. But uh, you know, it just you put yourself. It's a little awkward. It's like, oh, what do you think you're going to be the next Al Michaels or the next, you know, whoever? And it's like, no. But uh, you know, there's only so much to do on this campus as far as things that you really want to do and can like have fun doing. This was one of them. I'm here. I'm doing it. I don't care. I've had incredible success. Uh, I've had nothing but support from everyone. Um, you know I have no haters out there by any means uh, you know I've had incredible uh, support from family friends and everything um, but just you got to make that first step because if you never walk in the door you are not, you know you're never gonna make it you miss a thousand percent of the shots you you don't take um, so I could throw every cliche out there but as far as advice you got to start because you'll never know where it's gonna take you you might end up getting involved in the production side of things and turn into a wizard on the board or you could turn into a good broadcaster or a podcaster or you know th- there's a lot of things you can do here in um, and that and you know for next year we're gonna talk about this too you can do marketing here you can do uh, you know training leading you know managing like there's so many other skills that have nothing to do with the radio board um, that you can come here and you know practice and do and uh, you know there's an endless amount of skills and uh, life lessons to be learned here at the radio station
0: I'm so glad you mentioned that right there because obviously everyone knows there's broadcasting opportunities You can be on air and all that stuff but what about the behind the scenes? What are some things that if you don't necessarily want to be an on-air personality, what can you get involved with in terms of the radio that will be other skills but definitely applicable to the field?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's uh, I just hinted at a couple right there. But, I mean, I, I can really get into it. I'll just say this, though. Selling underwriting is a huge – I mean, being a salesman, I can now put on my resume. Sold, underwriting, nonprofit um advertisements in air quotes no big deal they're not advertisements yeah but and then you know we're only at the tip of the iceberg we got Mm. 500 bucks for our hockey stuff this year uh there's just the playoff run which was now potentially only five games total um not that we're gonna make a hundred dollars per game next year but uh you know there's plenty of there's plenty of things to be done that's that's all you know unsettled at the moment we'll figure that out in summer um but salesmanship uh you know like i said training tech uh promotional stuff marketing pr you know how to like present stuff social media that, i mean i could go into more but that's just like a short list of just things that are like none of that has to do anything with the radio and yet you know any business is going to have all these different layers to it and this isn't a business but it's the closest thing to it it's an organization it's nonprofit, but we're doing almost anything you know staff salaries every you know all that stuff it's all part of it um and you know we need
0: more help so there's always there's always a role to be filled yeah, and this is more of a personal question for you here, but I just look at WMUA sports as a whole from first semester to second semester. And I think there's been some massive growth. There's been some awesome things I've been seeing, particularly with you. And I see you doing your stuff with Walt Bell and the football program. Um, is there anything that you wish you had known first semester? As opposed to now, second semester, doing all the stuff we're doing now.
1: Yeah, I, everything, man. At first semester, I had no idea what I was doing. You know what I mean? I was trying to be, I was trying to be a nice guy. I was trying to get people involved, and you know, um, you know, tiptoe around issue. If something happened, I would just be like, "Oh, I'll get to that eventually." You know, I, I, you can't be everyone's friend. This is like this is a very serious job, and there's a lot of things that can go wrong. Uh, there's a lot of potential to, you know, kind of screw people over. You know, t- you know. To put it frankly, um, whether it's athletics, uh, you know, meeting deadlines, schedules, punctuality, answering people in a timely fashion, uh, you know, the scheduling is like that. A schedule plan, scheduling and planning is like the most important thing here. About just pinpointing what you want to do, planning out exactly who's going to do it, when they're going to do it, how they're going to do it, why they're going to do it, um, and then communicating all that to athletics, the GBFWMUA, and your sports guys. You know what I mean? It's almost like I'm working for three different uh, entities almost, you know what I mean? WMUA as a whole, WMUA sports, and then athletics. Uh, so there's a lot of room for misinterpretation, ambiguity, uh, stuff like that. But I mean, once you just organize, it's all about organization. Once it's all organized, a lot of those issues are unlikely to pop up. They'd only become, you know, they'd only come every now and then. But first semester, man, it was, you know, contacting, oh, I didn't even mention this, contacting opposing schools, SIDs, their whole athletics department, man. It's just like this job, I had no, you know what I mean? It was almost like I was learning every step of the way. Like, whoa, I need to do that too. I need to do that as well. Um, But to answer your question, to put like one big thing on it, social media. And it's not, oh, like tweeting and like posting cool pics. It's like doing journalistic work, filming it, and then just putting it out for people to consume because we were doing all this stuff before. It's not like I reinvented the wheel here. It's just a matter of, How do we, you know, it's a self-love, you know what I mean? Like, oh, do we want to post that? You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, everything's worth posting. Mm -hmm. You know, we're we're working hard. We know so much about these teams, so much about the coaches, players, history. Um, And that's, you know, that's like unpaid labor. You know what I mean? Like, you're being connected to the team. It takes a lot of time, effort. Um, But if you're not putting it out there to be consumed, you're not reaping any reward of it. But now we got uh, thousands of views on several of our uh, posts. Uh, Andy Isabella interview doing just the updates you know kind of being more of like a news reporting situation there um because you look at look at the news stations look at nbc sports boston all they're doing is camera talent if you have a camera and someone to speak you have exactly what professionals are doing and it's just a matter of how you know can you elevate your level of understanding content uh and just practice to the point where who can tell that our WMUA reports aren't a professional doing it? You know what I mean? Um, And, you know, most of our feedback is, yeah, you guys sound professional. You know what I mean? You know exactly what you're talking about. You're just taking what's already been done and just doing it your own way, um, but packaging it and presenting it in a way that looks like, hey, this, you know, this is professional work. Mm.
2: I think one of the most interesting things about, you know, the role you have here, Colin, is that there truly is no off-season for you. I mean, sports, they have their off-seasons, you know, they got, you know, spring train like their spring workouts for football they play in the fall whatever um you're always on the clock you're always doing things no matter what season it is throughout this year what is your fondest memory that you have created so far we're not done yet but so far what's the best thing you think you've done
1: that's a good one i have like a handful to choose from uh i would probably start off with to list like three and i'll narrow it down to one Going to Georgia was the coolest thing ever. Like, Georgia, Mm -hmm. that is just 109,000 people at a game. Um, Actually, no, excuse me. That was Tennessee last year. They have, like, over 90,000. But just to be part of that culture, we got to go and meet their radio station, get a live look into what they're doing, Realized, hey, we're doing a lot more than just, you know, they have a D1 program that has endless, uh, you know, SEC big matchups and yeah. they're like, Oh, we can only get to games that we
0: can get to. And <laughs> uh-huh. I'm like,
2: wow, we're doing the same thing, you know what I mean? Did you guys um, get into
0: like an anchor man type duel? Yeah. the radio <laughs> yeah, station the a- a-
2: ten greater than SEC. N- IMO. No yeah. doubt about it
1: <laughs> Exactly. So no, that is exactly how it went. We just duked it out all day. Um, but no, they showed me everything. Um that was an awesome experience. Uh and so after that, talking to Andy Isabella, I mean, at this point, it's mm-hmm. I'm almost I'm almost at a point where like I don't want to overdo it because it's like, all right, like I've said, like pretty hot takes about him, like going far. And I'm like, all right, like <laughs> let him just be his own man. Uh, you know, everything takes time. I don't want to put any like extra pressure on him, but, um, or like, you know, ride his, ride his Coattails, you know what I mean? I don't want to come off like that. (laughs) Yeah. But I mean, talking to him, seeing how cool and humble a person can be at the level of play that he was at was just astonishing. You know, I felt like I, you know, we felt like I was friends with him. You know what I mean? It was just like, Mm -hmm. wow, he's just cool. Uh, He had uh, the utmost respect for me, not even knowing who I was or what I was doing. And um, that was cool. Uh, So I'd probably say Andy Isabella in person got you know a really personal connection to him saw him again the other day um and i'd probably say pro day would be like the third one seeing all yeah. the seniors from last year talking to them you know just hearing all their opinions on things um there were some really high character guys well-spoken uh people that you know i just look back and go oh, i wish we did more for a semester with these guys you know what i mean they were they were well worth you know the coverage and attention that we should have been giving them um but no time you know no time to dwell on the past year i mean i'm glad we kind of got to finish it with hey pro day we got you know some good video audio from all of them we haven't even posted it all yet um and we got tremendous feedback they were very you know they retweeted our stuff they were happy to you know talk to us so it's been a lot of positive but i'll, I'll say andy isabella talking to him and that uh, you know seeing like seeing him at the pro day seeing him at um Senior Bowl, seeing him at the Combine. Oh. I'm like, man, I was talking to this guy mm. the other day, yeah. like, and he was nice and you know, high-fived us and said, you know, thanks for talking. You know, it was just such a cool experience. So just, uh, you know, UMass is an environment where these things can happen. You know what I mean? You don't need to go to Georgia or Alabama just to get some good sports coverage. He's got, you know, there's good people here, mm-hmm. um, and some someday, very shortly down the road, this school will have an even better um, public image as far as athletics goes. you seeing what's going on with hockey. I think they, with a switch that got flipped, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like, if they can get to the number one seed, then really what is standing in the way of any other, of these other teams? And in my opinion, it's not much. It takes just a coach, a culture, and some, some big-name players to come in and, you know, turn it around. So very excited for athletics and obviously very excited for WMUA's, you know, coverage going forward.
0: Yeah. If I can just add one more thing here and not, I don't know if I want to, I guess I'm exposing you something you said at the meeting for us the other day, but you kind of talked about like a program like Syracuse where everyone knows like, Oh, the new house school, all this different stuff. But at the end of the day, I mean, we have everything that we need here to be a successful program, just as successful. And just a personal belief of mine is, um, do you want to be the big fish in the little pond or do you want to be the little fish in the big pond? So I think that's something that's really interesting about the WMUA program. Uh, that's about all I have for you, Colin. Tom, do you have anything I else? I just wanted to say, going off what you said, Pat, and something you had touched on earlier, Colin,
2: it, at the end of the day, it is what you make it. Yeah. Um, so depending on what you want to do, like you're saying, putting in 25%, put in 100%, Where you go is not who will define you, but what you do with it. So I think UMass definitely gives you the tools to do that for, you know, any people applying to the school that are listening to this podcast, any people thinking about getting involved with anything. Uh, I think Colin's a great example here of, you know, what you can do in, you know, a short amount of time, the connections you can make, and, you know, the strides you can make towards uh, your future in, you know, radio, communications, anything you want to do.
1: Yeah, and hey, I... Greatly appreciate all the kind of words. Obviously, I did play a big role in all of this, but like I said, it takes. I I would do. I would be nothing right now if it wasn't for you guys. If it wasn't for the hardworking guys getting out there covering these teams, so that that cannot go overstay. Because I've done a little bit of you know. Oh, I'm doing a lot, you know, and I've yeah. I've, I've complained here. And we there all fall you guys. victim to it. Yep. Yeah, but I mean, it really like it goes it goes unsaid. It takes the collective effort. Uh, and it just has, you know, you got to get on the same page. You got to communicate. And, uh, it's all the little, it's all the cliches are now popping out. All those things that your parents would tell <laughs> you, your real? teachers would tell you. It's like, oh, that is just like communication is going to be the most important thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It yeah, is the it most important is, thing. You is. can't be ambiguous. You got to be timely. If I shoot you a text, I can't wait an hour for you to respond because I got someone else waiting for me to respond to them. And you're the key, you know, key piece of information I'm trying to, you know, seal the knot on. So, I mean, uh, yeah, we could go on for hours, but real quick, last thing I'll say, WMUA, Small fish, big pond. Yeah, if that was the analogy, uh, I love that underdog mentality right now. And you know, our our alumni are chuckling because they know, hey, we it was a we were we yep. were big fish at mm. one point. Yep. Um. So we're doing like the little patriots, kind of you know, putting up bulletin board material for ourselves, forming our own little reality here. We'll but fire! Yeah. F- f- it's f- good. So I, I went from saying we're doing things that almost no other school's doing to say, Oh, we're a small small time program but I love that. We'll just be contradictory, yeah. Little, little <laughs> yeah. Paradox We've there. never contradicted ourselves nope. ever. Nah, nah, never never. not not one time. But yeah, for now,
0: Syracuse, we're coming for you. We're coming exactly. for you. <laughs> uh, thanks so much for coming on today, hey, Colin. Thank you so much. What the hell's going on out here? All right, just want to start off the show today by saying what an awesome interview with Colin. Yep, our fearless leader. Our fearless leader. I always think those interviews are kind of interesting just because with the student organization, there really is a lot of kids that put in a shit ton of work. And it really does kind of go unnoticed for the most part. Obviously, they know they're setting themselves up for the future. They're getting the skills they need. But really nice job by Colin coming in. Definitely. Um, But forget about him. It's over. The past is in the past. past. We move on. (laughs) And on that note, let's talk a little UMass hockey, baby. We're in the tourney, Tom. What do we think? Uh, First time in the NCAAs since 2007. You beat me to it, you fucker. Yep. So (laughs) we
2: are 12 years removed. It's all right. Uh, We're back, better than ever, playing the Harvard Nerds. Sorry, Chris. Um, Cousin Chris. Cousin Chris goes there. And uh, big cousin Jack, my cousin, not Pat's. Um, And I just honestly, the last time I said I wasn't worried, we lost uh, in Hockey East. So... I'm not going to say that. I'm going to say never underestimate your opponent. And
0: I'm looking forward to the potential that we have in this first round. And you know what, Tom? I just want to throw out a little quick stat for you. UMass Minutemen Hockey, have they ever lost two games in a row this season? I don't know, Pat. And well, I've Lightning. never had to knock on wood, and they haven't. Okay. So no knock there, but yeah, never I had knocked. to do it. Um, really excited to watch them tonight. Um Harvard, just a quick note on them. I don't usually like to talk about the other team, but uh, they got a pretty big stud. Goes by the name of Adam yeah. Fox. Yeah. Um, he's nothing. Four-year guy, though, right? Uh, uh, I think so. I think he was drafted by the Flames in yeah. 2016. I was reading that. I think in I was Phonesian. reading
2: something. He's at like 112 points or something for him. So, you know, my heart goes out to all the guys that stay four years, rep this school. But I it, like that. we're going to squash you like a bug. <laughs> so you better listen to that. Uh, another note, Pat, if we want to talk about, you know, studs. Uh, kale McCarr is going out there, you know, for. Um, Hashtag Kobe needs more tail. Exactly. For UMass. I was looking today. He is fourth in the NCAA in points, Pat, and he's sixth in plus minus at plus 29. And he's actually the highest drafted player still in the NCAA. So, to 2017 draft class, he was drafted fourth overall, the Avalanche. We talk about that all the time. He is the highest drafted player that's still playing in college. But far and away the best player, I think, in the entire uh, Division One, Division II, all of the NCAA. Um, I think having the best player in the league is obviously very beneficial. I just think the team in general, though, is, you know, they, the way they've bounced back from diversity this year has always been the same. Like you're saying, not once to lose two games in a row, not once to go on a losing streak. I think
0: Coach is going to have them ready to go, and I just think they're going to bring it to Harvard. Fourth in points is absolutely ridiculous from yeah. the defense position. Mm-hmm. But I just want to also do a quick shout out here to Bucci, Maine, uh, yeah. John Buccigras. Did a little interview with Kel McCarr. We're gonna have to brush up on U.S. history, Tom. Well,
2: he's a Canadian, Pat. Okay. Well, what are you gonna do? So they don't. When you're in Canada, they don't teach you U.S. history. They teach you Canadian history. So you can't fault the guy for that, Pat. Do you know what happened in Ontario in the 1600s, Pat? Because no, I don't think I do. No,
0: I couldn't tell you. And I, I tweeted this from the No Names, No Numbers Twitter account. Follow that. Yep. Everyone knows U.S. history is off limits when you talk to Kale. Everyone knows that it's been spoken to me from a variety of people above me i'm not going to name names no names no numbers but everyone knows u.s history is off limits i did not like that question Pat, everyone knows come on as a wise man once said
2: you coming come here to play school uh let's just be real with it <laughs> <laughs> i mean there's a reason the guys going to the nhl in the eisenberg very smart kid u.s history come on Noah's major Nobody's involved in come on he's a great but maine, great journalist look up to the guy come on that was a shot in the dark
0: yeah a l- real low blow there um, switching gears here into UMass football. Just want to give a quick little update. I'm loving one take with Walt Bell. Oh, I can't yeah. get enough. I love of it.
2: it. It's awesome. Uh, you know, it's good to see. You know, a younger coach, younger, um, you know, more adept to handle the younger generation of kids. Pat, social media, everything like that. It is really cool to see how he how he's been interacting. I just really hope the play backs it up next season from the team.
0: Yeah, and just a quick little story on UMass football. So everyone knows, I like to eat lunch alone sometimes, like a loser. But I was sitting near a couple of the football kids. I was very intimidated, so I didn't say anything. I would have gone over
2: there. I would have big-bodied the hell.
0: (laughs) But I just hear the guys talking, and they're like, oh, we're in fulls tomorrow. I'm going to bop this kid. I'm going to put him in the ground. I just love hearing that type of talk. It's it's good to have competition within the program. Speaking of full
2: pads, everyone knows biggest day of practice is always the first day in full pads. And the boys were excited. And that's what you like to see because I know you saw this. Leonard Fournette tweeted. (laughs) He took – a quote of, I think it was USC football lineup for Oklahoma drills yep. or something, and he goes, "Your man Crush Monday was hanging in the back when everyone else is doing this so drill." True, true. And that's what you love to see—guys who you know excited to go out there and hit, be physical, stuff like that. From two former, you know, studs out there on the gridiron, um,
0: specimens of physicality. Exactly.
2: It's good to know that they're excited for contact because you know you usually hear a lot about, oh, you know, we're in full pass mm. today. Oh, I get to go hit these people. That's the game. You know, you signed up for it. You clearly love to
0: play it. You're
2: clearly pretty good at it. You're playing Division One. Get out there and go knock some teeth in. Come on.
0: Yeah, I can't wait for it. Uh, the only thing about full pads kind of does take a toll on your body. Oh, of course. Uh, I wonder if taking a toll on a person's body had anything to do with the retirement of our sweet prince, Rob oh. Gronkowski. It's really hard to even talk about. It's real tough. Like, I'm kind of sounding joking, but, like, I legitimately shed tears. No, I cried. When the announcement I, came I'm out. I'm
2: not – I mean, you know, we're obviously younger guys – 19 years old, one's 18, almost 19, Um, and I think one of the interesting things about it is Gronk was one of those first-time players we've seen, like, in a Red Sox uniform, come in. I mean, obviously, like, Big Poppy was kind of like that, but we were kind of younger when he first got here. Gronk, we got to see, like, get drafted, you know, start off, be an absolute monster, like, Three guys couldn't stop him. And then we saw his whole career through all the ups and downs, lived it with him, like in our full, like, prime, like, growing ages and loving sports. Absolutely insane. I just, it's crazy. It's absolutely crazy that he's, you know, retiring.
0: Yeah. And it's also funny because Gronk's going to be one of those guys. I mean, who knows? Maybe he's going to come back later in the season. I got my fingers crossed. Hope so. Let's bring him back for the playoffs. But if not, and if this really is it for Gronk, He's gonna be one of those guys that you're 80 years old and you're like, back in my, my day, day, yeah. There yeah. was this man mm-hmm. and he was a beast and he would rumble and stumble down the field. That's really the type of player Gronk's gonna be remembered as, total beast. Oh yeah, never but, seen a player like well, him.
2: Well, the craziest part about it is people are like, oh, can you call him the greatest tight end of all time? Of course you can. People are like, what about longevity? I go. Screw longevity. Mm-mm. The guy played seven healthy seasons, and his stats are on par with – he's the third best in almost every category outside of Antonio Gates, who's been playing for 90 years. The guy's going to die on the field. <laughs> Antonio Gonzalez, who played for, like, 27. Like, he's literally right there with them. The only two guys he's like behind are guys that literally played 13-plus seasons in the NFL. He, didn't, he played, like, half of their years, and he literally is almost at their numbers. I don't get how you couldn't call him the goat, Pat.
0: In all honesty, I can't think of that many players I could say were more uncoverable than Gronk. Yeah. I mean, there's no. like Randy Moss, maybe that's like one of the only names that really comes to mind for me. By far, Megatron. Yeah, I mean most
2: uh, most uh, like freakin' nature guy I've ever seen. Uh, honestly, probably the most uncoverable guy in the history of the game. I don't think there's any there has been anyone like Gronk. Uh, I don't think there will ever be anyone like Gronk again. The guy could run like a running back, and he had the height of a power forward in the NBA. And the guy is just a specimen. You know the way he jump over people. My favorite touchdown of him was actually the Kansas City one, when he leaps in the end zone. He looks like he snaps his (laughs) neck, and he just gets right back up. I mean, some of those catches he made, like you know those the Redskins touchdown. Yeah, the catch against the Redskins when he's dragging guys across the field. It's insane. I mean, Gron- you forget about that stuff just because there's been so much continued I know. It, success. Pat, the craziest part about it in the set—he nine seasons he played, seven full seasons that he played—he was the number one rated tight end, pro football focus, every single year. That literally that has never been done, and mm. every single grade was a record breaker.
0: Yeah, it's kind of a shame that the injuries, for the most part, seem to have cut the career short. But he's also a guy where you look at, well, what else did he really have to do? We love Tom Brady in the sense that he doesn't you care. Know, he's he's, he doesn't have anything one. to prove. He just wants to do it. Mm-hmm. But on a human level, you can kind of see, all right, this dude's body's been abused. Several, several surgeries. It kind of does make Turn sense 30. that he hung it up.
2: And going out a champion too, Pat. So exactly. That's the last catch. The last catch. Unbelievable.
0: He, winning us that Super Bowl
2: it was a dime. It was a fantastic job. There were three guys on a pat, Just a perfect you know, way to illustrate his career and just what a way to go out. Three-time Super Bowl champion, absolutely insane career. Got to be in a Hall of Fame.
0: Yeah, nothing more to say there on Gronk. Something I know I've been dying to talk about is the relationship between players and coaches. Obviously, for those that don't know, there was a big thing that came out. Uh, Michigan State uh, head basketball coach Tom Izzo got right into the face of one of his players, got really animated with him. Looks like players kind of had to be like, coach you got to back, back off yeah, hold, my back. hold him back what's your what was your original knee-jerk reaction when you were seeing all this stuff unfold first reaction I'm glad the whole back guy's starting to come into play in the NBA
2: it's great in the <laughs> NFL um but in all seriousness thought nothing absolutely nothing of it I thought it was you know I had talked about this with you originally when this had happened and it was a uh, Knee jerk reaction was he's fru- Izzo's frustrated in his own performance because there was when they were playing what the 15 seed Bradley and he's yelling at his players. I'm like, dude, you got to coach, coach is going to coach, Players Got going to play. If you're getting out coached by the 15 seed, that's on you too. True, I wasn't even thinking about him getting in the face of the kid as an issue. Mm-hmm. I was like, he's frustrated, he's not getting what he wants out of his players. He's maybe not coaching up to the ability he thinks he's coaching, and he's yelling. And oh my, you're right. That was
0: real. That was real time analysis. I wasn't even thinking like, about that.
2: I'm literally like, whatever. And. Then all of a sudden, I see these people on Twitter. I'm seeing these viral tweets like, can't wait to this generation. Of, that was the most famous tweet. That I was I can't one that wait went off. Generation of, I'm like, I hope this generation of coaches never leaves. What are we supposed to do when you're sitting there holding the guy's hand when he misses a shot? No, you're losing a, to ass Bradley, 15 seed. Never heard of that school in my life. They probably absolutely stink. UMass would have beat them. And you're out there. You're the two seed, one of the best teams in the country. And you're getting absolutely worked. What do you
0: mean? You're, you should get screamed at. You suck. Here's what I'll say, Tom. I don't think that coaching style... Can necessarily last forever, but in certain cases, you can't just be pat on the back. Go get him next time. Sometimes I think you really do got to get in the face and see how they respond to that being challenged to do something differently. Honestly, the best part about it, Pat,
2: I thought was all the former players like Mikel Bridges and this Draymond is the best Green, part of the whole story. Saying, dude, like we look love it, what coaches. Me, I'm a, like Draymond Green's like I'm an NBA champion, multiple NBA champion, and this is the guy that molded me into you know, the player I am today. Like. This is just what they do. This is what all coaches do. You, I don't, even my literally coaches, it was, was my dad, but he was still, he was still <laughs> coach's ruthless. He was just ruthless. Coach's son, coach's <laughs> son. Ruthless at times. <laughs> and everyone knows 2012 Cardinals won the championship 13 and 2. Okay, sore spot there. Yeah, who'd they beat that year, Pat?
0: Texas Rangers. Yeah, exactly. Runner up. <laughs> so,
2: like, honestly, good coaching comes from, you know, a little bit. Sometimes you got to be a little stern with them. So. I, I don't know. Hated the takes that people were saying that. I'm surprised. Honestly, though, SVP put a great thing about I was, it. You beat me, too. And it. I just think, I mean, you can go into that a little more. I know SVP is your guy. Um, I just think it's the vocal minority getting the best of us right now. I think, I mean, most people out there and most people actually involved with sports and that understand what's going on know that this is just a way of coaching and that it's honestly probably the most effective way. Because what happened? They turned the shit around and they won the game.
0: Yeah, and you mentioned the, the Scott Van Pelt thing. He did his... Whole, I don't know if he's still calling it one big thing, but at the end of his show, he always does, like, one thing that happened in sports, and he talked about the Izzo confrontation with the player, and, God, we just need more guys like Scott Van Pelt. Oh,
2: great. He's just wh- a
0: reasonable analysis, oh, yeah. stays out of the muck of it, and just kind of gets right to the issue, and I would just rec- – I'm not going to go through the whole 2-minute 30 clip or whatever, but – Highly, highly recommend people to go check that out. Yeah. Talks a little about the culture of today, too, which it was. It was is the most you part know, I agree with.
2: I agree with, I don't, I'm not going to say 100% because I don't remember everything he said, but I, if I remember correctly, almost everything he said, I was like, this just makes sense. And I was almost, I felt, I was like, in, ashamed that this
0: needed to be said. And the thing is, it was almost bold of him to say yeah, it, which, which you're is like, wild. why? That he, shouldn't he, be. He's just speaking the truth. Yeah. But sometimes people, you can't handle the truth. Yep. So. Um, My favorite lines. Baseball's back. Well, I don't know if you knew that. I, uh, <laughs> apparently it is. That, I mean, the
2: Sox <laughs> got their ass handed to them last night. Yeah, tough one. Um, but
0: but <laughs> what did we start
2: last year? You're right. Hmm. We started, Pat, a little stat for you. The 0-4 7 and 18 socks all lost on opening day. No, but history doesn't repeat itself. So No. Yeah. yeah no chance. We're no done. No chance. We're done. We're Canceled finished. Cancel the season. 0-1, next 161, don't even matter. We're done. I mean, <laughs> shout out Jets fan Jared. I saw him all over Twitter, very happy about <laughs> the Yankees' win against the Orioles, who I don't think have won in, like, three seasons. I didn't even know
0: they were still a team. They might
2: be the first, like, they actually, I think, might be the first 162 team ever. And, you know, the Yankees fans are having a nice little—it's March, dude. It's not even April yet. Calm down. You know, you you probably win, like, 96 games, go to the playoffs, and lose in the wild card again. I mean, who cares? Yeah, you know,
0: Yankees fans know they got to get all their excitement out now because as soon as they come facing the Big Bad Wolf, we're going to blow their house over. Dude, you know that—I mean, baseball's just
2: all-time getting cucked, too. When—think about it, we're talking about other sports like mixed martial arts right now, Pat. Big big guy, you might know him by the name of Conor McGregor, you know— I mean, f- he comes out right after the Gronk thing, and he sauces a little retirement thing out there,
0: but very weirdly worded. What do you think on it? Yeah, it's. I'm. I'm glad you brought up the Conor McGregor thing. I meant to loop that in with the Gronk, but I don't know, man. That one seems a little fishy. That one seems kind of promotional well, to me done for the whiskey or for his next fight. I heard that. I thought he was literally going to have a he rematch. Was, he
2: was locked in the, the July. F- like slate uh, apparently I don't know um, yeah that was no. I know Dana White denied any rematch with Nate Diaz he's saying that's not happening but he's, he's done that
0: before well too. I know of
2: course he's done that before but Conor was almost locked into fighting in July I mean he's I mean I follow him on social media I've seen that he's he, we're not MMA experts no. but we're huge Conor McGregor fans yeah. and that guy's electric and Honestly, like the guy's been working out, he's been getting ready, he's smashing phones, he's doing the whole nine <laughs> and now all of a sudden he's he it's like he's done this before, remember that last one he was like, Thanks for the cheese. It was yeah. like really weird and this one he was like the sport formerly really known as mixed martial arts I'm retired. It was just a weird, weird combo. And then he posted a picture, I think either today or yes no, I think yesterday, him sparring with people in
0: Miami. Yeah, <laughs> the whole thing it really so, doesn't add up. It screams yeah, of a PR stunt. Yeah.
2: But you know, McGregor is a master of promotion, so I mean, you know, I like when he's secure, when he's always in his bag. So Yeah,
0: and the other thing about Connor is he's another one of those guys where it doesn't necessarily have anything left to prove. He's kind of already had a pretty iconic career. Yeah, when I mean you said-
2: I'd say he's definitely been the face of MMA. Not necessarily like I think MMA guys would fight me on this because they're like, Oh, he's not the best, but I mean, it doesn't matter. He's polarized the sport. Who no has one, done more in I mean, terms no one, of promoting like, the sport? No one cares about MMA, but then you see Conor McGregor going out there. You know, he's boxing Floyd Mayweather. He's knocking people out with a kick. He's got this whole thing going on with Khabib, and it's like that, that's what people want to watch. That's what gets the
0: pay-per-view. So. Yeah, I talked a couple episodes about how I kind of was just discovering the old-time boxing, and yep. yep. just how electric that was, and you kind of see the swagger of like the Muhammad Ali and Conor McGregor. Yeah, yeah. not trying to compare him to compare the greatest, exactly. but— well, um, different
2: sports, Pat. Apples and oranges.
0: Yeah, but just overall, that swagger, man. Yeah. There's nothing quite There's like nothing it. There's nothing quite like it. Um, changing gears from sports here. You know we love talking sports, yep. but the biggest debate in the group chat of the week. Ugh. This is going to get me fuming. It wasn't even a
2: deb- Go ahead. It, was,
0: it wasn't even necessarily a debate, but we had, I forget who posed the question. It might have been you, but someone said, oh, what do you like better? The movie The Departed or *Goodwill Hunting? What happened next, Tom?
2: All right. So, for those of you that don't know us that well, we have a friend. His name's John Agnitti. We call him the Brow. JTB. He's a little bit of an idiot. <laughs> so there was no. It wasn't a debate of. I was kind of just saying, like, you know, what movie do you like better? A lot of Goodwill Hunting answers. We got a couple of departed stands in there, but for good Which, reason. No hate. No, no hate. hate. Two great movies. But All then love. John comes from the woodwork and goes <laughs> from the clouds. Goes that movie sucks. Like, not even a... He's now on the take that it's just boring. He said it sucks. That movie's terrible. Uh, he hated everything about it. He's like, why do I care about uh, the... He was basically saying, why do I care about a troubled kid who gets, like, counseling? I'm like, dude, then why should I care about an undercover cop in the department? It's like the
0: stupidest question ever. It's like, it's a movie, dude. You're supposed to care about it because of, like, how it's done. There's no chance that... I, I just can't fathom the fact that that would be the take. There's no chance that he wasn't on his phone the entire movie. Well, no, there's no, yeah, there's absolutely no chance John has ever actually watched the movie. Which sidebar, that drives me crazy. I can't stand when people go on their phones during a movie. Sit down and watch the goddamn movie well, for that, two hours. What I'm saying take a is, break. you know, it's a bad movie when you want to go on your phone with it. True. Because, true.
2: so I'll actually say that, spin off a little bit here. I was watching, um, I don't know what movie it was. It, it probably just some like stupid movie. And like I found myself scrolling on Twitter, I'm like, why am I doing this? I'm probably missing something in the movie. I'm like, that's kinda how I know when movies are good or bad. If like I just kinda instinctively go to Twitter because if a movie's not captivating my attention, I'm just gonna go to Twitter and I'm it's like literally it was like second nature. I'm like I mean this is, you know, bad luck for millennials or whatever you want to call us. But I'm kind of just hurting a
0: film guy's soul. Yeah.
2: No, but I mean <laughs> I think that just proves No, I know what you mean. This is I forget, it was probably some stupid movie I was watching, like uh I don't even know. It's probably like Jack and Jill.
0: <laughs> um, what do you mean, stupid movie? Yeah, it's exactly. one of the greatest cinematic experiences yeah. of our generation.
2: But you know, to get back to Good Will Hunting, honestly, probably one of my favorite movies, I'd say, if not the favorite movie I've ever watched, ever, and probably arguably the most iconic Boston movie that's ever been out there, too. I mean, it's what started the, the industry tycoons that, that are you know Matt Damon and Ben Affleck. It's absolutely crazy. The one liners in there are hilarious. The monologues they have are absolutely insane. Robin Williams is a genius, like he always was. <laughs> and just everything about the movie is fantastic. And I don't even get how, like, it is a drama. So I maybe, like, that's where John's getting the boring thing from. But I don't see what's boring about it. I mean, the guy's getting in fights. Uh, He's screaming at judges and he hits uh, a cop. No way. You know, he's telling this electric story about Fenway. You know, he's crying in his counselor's arms. Like, he's making these breakthroughs. He's doing all this math. It's kind of sick. It's like, what? Like, you don't... It's just absolutely insane that... I'm not saying you have to like the movie better than Departed because Departed is a fantastic film. I get people who maybe are saying, you know, it's not the greatest movie of all time. It's just, just... You can't say
0: it stinks. You can't say it sucks. You can't say it's boring because that's just not true. Yeah. Like what you like, don't like what you don't like, except when it comes to Goodwill hunting. Well, it, if you exactly don't like Goodwill hunting, what is wrong with dude, you? You That's not like, my question. You cannot like a movie, but know that it's still a good movie. Precisely.
2: Like, uh, this is you know, I might be ruffling some feathers here, but I'm you're a huge Tarantino guy. Huge. I'm not as much of a Tarantino guy. I like what he does, you know, but I'm saying like you're probably one of your favorite movies of all time. I'd say it's Pulp Fiction. It's fair a, to say. It's fair to say. Fair assessment. Probably not one of my favorite movies of all time. <laughs> but do I recognize it as a spectacular film? Of course. I'm using the word film now. That's a I,
0: I, Tom, I told you you were getting dangerously close getting to getting your film close. guy certificate. I, dangerously I know close. that that
2: movie is fantastic. Do I want to watch it all the time? No. But do I know that it's a fantastic movie and that it is absolutely transcendent? Of course I do. Like – it's just this stupid stuff from John that gets me so triggered because I honestly think he's <laughs> trigger alert. He's literally just doing it to <laughs> trigger me. Like, I think he's just, you know, it's literally him trying to be a contrarian. It's just stupid.
0: No, honest to God. That movie's got like ninety eight percent on freaking Rotten Tomatoes. It is absolutely, oh. I don't even know what else to say. If I go any more on it, I'm going to absolutely lose it. So let's take a break here. Let's step back for a second. Things we learned. Tom, did you come prepared with anything? I didn't talk to you before the show.
2: Um, I do have a little bit of things I learned, but okay. not as much as the things we learned. More as a, it's kind of well, it's you know more what? of a rant.
0: Not to give you a second to think, but to give you a second to think. I'll go first. Go ahead. You no, know I know what I'm saying. I got <laughs> just a quick little blip out of the collegian on the rundown. Cease and desist. Mm-hmm. All I'm going to say. Yep. On this day in 1939, the University of mm-hmm. Oregon defeated Ohio State University. Forty-six to thirty-three. Wow, rivet, barn burner. <laughs> a real barn burner to win the first ever NCAA men's basketball tournament, which would later be known as March Madness. What a ridiculously low score. Well, I mean, they were they playing with peach baskets. Well, I was going to say
2: you had to grab a ladder and climb up and grab the ball out of the hoop after every time you <laughs> shot it. So it doesn't make it's not that bad. But I mean, at the end of the day, uh, that's kind of a wild stat, Pat, because just think about how far we've come in athletics in general. I mean,
0: thirty-three. 33 points. I can't get sounds over that. It sounds like
2: a Wisconsin game to me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure the people were hammering the under in that game, though, uh, in fairness. But, Let's hope. I mean, one of the things I had to learn, Pat, relates absolutely nothing to that. It's literally just a random thought. Is So for those UMass students that might know, people then, you know, follow any UMass Twitter, Lil Uzi coming to town. Big news. I'm Big glad huge, you mentioned it. Huge news. I wanted to touch on that quick because it slightly relates to my other topic. Um, I mean, honestly, just a huge get. UMass has been absolutely crazy. They had, you know, Gunna, Future, and Ty Dollar Sign at the Winter Concert. Now they got um, uh, Lil Uzi and who is, I don't really know the DJ, Loud Luxury.
0: Uh, I'm not going to lie, don't know Don't him.
2: know him. But, I mean, Lil Uzi's a huge name. The Big guy name. Just like, kind of like, Another guy was music. threatening retirement. Yeah, and then he's Total like, lie. he's back now, though. Um, I'm just rubbing this in the face of all the Uzi stands I know out there. Charlie Malloy. Uh, Charlie
0: Malloy, tears. Austin, I
2: know you're a hu- Austin Maffey, huge Lil Uzi guy. He's already seen him. I know Charlie's never seen him. So Malloy, if you're listening, sucks to suck. Uh, you know, I'm at the greatest university in the land and we get Lil Uzi to come here for $15. <laughs> so uh, credit to us. And it slightly relates to um, the Juice World concert that comes from
0: Tinder oh, Swipes. Oh, yeah. So... Uh, Very interesting to b- it, little
2: predicament It's, it's kind of wild. So it's like you go on tinder you or something like that and you just sw- the more right swipes you get is like points to get juice world to come perform at your school and they won you said it was cardi b last year right
0: yeah cardi b who now is canceled because probably he's drugging people yeah but anyways. we're not gonna get in
2: that but anyways because it will get very triggered about that but um you know umass we're a great school probably win it not that worried about it um, but I am worried about the integrity of Tinder, Pat. Respe- respect the game. So that is my things we learned because I've learned that there has been approximately a 500% increase <laughs> in hot in hot chicks on Tinder. A lot of hot chicks. There has
0: been and noticeable.
2: I think one of the things that is going on though that we don't really know about is the fact that they're all on there like swipe for Juice World, swipe for Juice World. Swipe for or, me. Swipe for me. You know what I mean? It's like, why am I'm I? I'm a five star man. I'm a five star man, Pat. I deserve to be super liked. I deserve to be liked. I deserve to, you know, get a fighting chance. And you're out here saying I'm in a relationship, but swipe for Juice One. You know
0: what? Screw you. Easier I, said than done. I thought you were the one, dude. Like, it, it's just so. That was good.
2: <laughs> yep. That was good. Very good. <laughs> that was good. Very good. Um,
0: <laughs> but one of the things that annoys me is like,
2: now I got all this talent on here, and I'm like, ooh, and then I check out the bout. Swiping for Juice World only. I get a match with this chick. This chick's smoking, and she's like, actually, have a boyfriend only on here for Juice World. If Tinder ever – I feel like Tinder should monitor the bios. If you ever see –
0: have a boyfriend, get off of Tinder. (coughs) I never understand that. What are you doing? It's just – Or even, like, looking for my future husband. Not to go on a Tinder rant here, but you're looking for your future husband on Tinder. Yeah, I know. Might not be the best idea. IMO. I'm just like, what is going
2: on here? Is – Come on, I can't even. It gets me so frustrated because, like, you're like, look at these girls, you're like, ooh, 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 you're like a kid in the candy store. And then all of a sudden, they're like, nope, just swiping for Juice World. Is there not a better way we could try to compete to get Juice World on campus? I'm saying. And on top of that, I know we said UMass is probably going to win. Another friend of the program, John Gunther, that man swipes Tinder like I've never seen anyone swipe Tinder before. He's so a machine. We might, we might be in trouble with UNH. And, <laughs> and that's not even because he wants Juice World, that's just because. You know Johnny. He's a, He's a horny a little, little bastard. bastard. I was just going to say that. He's just swipe, it. swipe, 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 swipe. So that's my things we learned is Tinder has a problem. We got to stop doing this because the hot chicken crease has been incredible. Good job for you, Tinder.
0: But they're only swiping for Juice World. They got to swipe for Tommy. Hmm. Uh, just one last thing that I definitely want to mention before we wrap up today. Uh, obviously, you know that I did my whole story with Xavier from high school. Yep. Um, for those who don't know, Xavier Machuga was, I believe, a sophomore in high school. Played on the basketball team. Awesome teammate. Fantastic kid. Ended up suffering a brain aneurysm. Couldn't eat. Couldn't talk. Couldn't walk. Battled back. Kid's an absolute grinder. Huge inspiration in my life. Captain of the team. Captain of the team. This Ca- year, he ended up getting had a nice bucket. bucket. Um, but he recently just started the X Fund, which is going to be. As far as I can tell, a foundation for looking into brain aneurysms and not only that, but helping kids go back to school, have all the yep. resources they need. Mm-hmm. Definitely would have been remiss if I didn't give a shout out to X. Make sure you give that a, a look. Definitely.
2: Get I agree. Um, I didn't know X in the same way you did with basketball. I knew him probably more outside of the court. Uh, he was involved in the club I was in and character crew. Uh, he was a huge, you know, I didn't obviously know him that well, but when he comes back, I've talked, you know. I talk to him from time to time, and, you know, the kid is just absolutely insane. He's a beast, to say the least. Make a ram anytime. time. <laughs> um, he's, you know, just trying to help kids who, through no fault of their own, are having trouble getting back to school. He's trying to get the ball rolling for them. who People who are experiencing similar things as him, And instead of, you know, whining about it, going doing yep. the whole woe is me, X is stepping up to the plate. He's making a difference in people's lives. And, honestly, I don't want to tell you what to do with your money, but go donate to this kid because if there's something that I know is going to happen is that money's going to the right place. It's going to the right people and you're only helping people. The X fund is huge. Very, very proud of Xavier. One of the greatest kids I know.
0: Yeah. Strive for X, baby. Um, yeah. Let's have ourselves a weekend. Exactly. Why you so fake, yeah? So fake? Leaving no traces. Pull up in the spaces. Swear I be soaring. Switching lanes in the foreign. I don't need no friends. I just need more bands. I get the cake, yeah. Why you so fake, yeah? Leaving no traces. Pull up in the spaces. Swear I be soaring. Switching lanes in the foreign.